Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Founders Launch Hub podcast. On the Founders Launch Hub podcast, we talk about everything that's involved in starting up a UK business for the first time. So thank you very much for listening. On this week's episode, I want to talk about something that kills a third of new businesses. And it's a real shame because this is totally preventable. It's the idea of product market fit. And in fact, creating a business where there is no market need for the product that you've brought to market. So I was reading a survey recently from a company called CB Insights. It's really good. So they did a post-mortem on over 400 startups that failed, basically. They went through and reviewed like why they failed, what was the reasons, and they bucketed them into groups and they did this like top 12 reasons why startups failed. And number two is no market need. 35%, so just over a third of businesses are failing because of this. And I found this a bit of a shocker. It's one thing if it's, you know, other people's money and it's a VC-backed business, but for small businesses where this is likely, you know, a business that someone has saved up to start, they're not going to get many opportunities like this and they're not going to be many other times where maybe family circumstances or right to go and take the risk. So it's a real shame that this is happening because a lot of this is avoidable or should be avoidable. I say you could probably get rid of like 90% of the uncertainty here. So I thought we'd talk today about product market fit. What is it? And how do you address it? Make sure it's right so that you're not one of these businesses that you you get up and running and you actually find there's no market need for, for what you have. So there's a definition here of product market fit from um, a book called Facebook and Instagram ad 2023 by a dude called Daniel Larson. It's a really good book. There's actually more to it than just Facebook and Instagram ads, more on, on marketing. But he's got a really nice definition on product market fit. And he says product market fit basically means creating a product people want in a way that solves the problems they have, then bring it to them in a way that fits with the reasons for buying. Once you've managed to do this and your ideal customers are buying consistently, you have product market fit. I also asked ChatGPT because it's just what you do nowadays. So ChatGPT definition is the degree to which a product satisfies the demands of the market it's intended for. So what does this mean? In normal person speak is, are there people who are going to buy the product you've created? Like, does it actually solve a real problem? That's the biggest one. I think a lot of people that are starting businesses, they get like what feels to them like great ideas. You see this all the time on Dragon's Den, like some like wacky inventor is super keen on some really like abstract thing they do and they bring it in front of the dragons and they get ripped to pieces because it's just so obscure and it's hard to imagine any market for it. So this is what we want to address with product market fit. And there's two things you're mostly going to look at here. Research and testing. And these are two things to do before you get like, before you go all in, before you put too much money down. It's research and testing is what you want to do to get product market fit. So let's jump in and look at what we mean and what's what's involved in that. So the first part of the research is identifying our target customer and specifically for them, their pain points. So what's the problem you're trying to solve? Fortunately, a lot of people, when they come up with business ideas, They've come up with it because they keep like having the same observation. Maybe it's conversation with friends like, oh, this is really tough. I wish there was a solution for this. So they've seen they've seen a pain point or they've observed it in their work. So they're aware of some kind of pain point. So you want to make sure that that pain point exists. And it's worth exploring that a bit further. So you might have an initial idea for a pain point. But then what you want to do is you want to start like digging into that community and understanding, is it really a pain point? So there are some practical ways you might start to do this. You can dive into the communities a little bit that you think are going to be your target customer. So you can get on relevant Facebook groups groups on Reddit. You can look at things like uh, Quora, 
um, question and answers and start to just follow the conversations there and see what people are talking about. Are people talking about this particular problem and, and a need for it? That's that's one just to kind of start getting an idea of like what people are saying. You can also then dig in a bit further. So you might want to create, for example, your own survey, start to actually ask people, okay, like how much of an issue is this for you? Like how often is this an issue? If it is if it is an issue, like what would you be willing to spend to solve it? I think it's very common for us to like see problems, but you need the volume for a problem to be worth solving in a business context. Otherwise, it's just like too abstract and rare and like there won't be enough people that have that problem or it won't be won't occur regularly enough for like people to actually want to pay for it. So getting volume there is really important. So yeah, I've talked about creating surveys. Another one you can do is just look for any surveys that already exist on the topic. That's a useful thing to do. So that's what you kind of want to start just identifying that problem and identifying a bit about your customer as well and like what what make them what makes them tick you'll want to explore more about your customer other than just the need for the problem so what are also things about them they're like their fears their desires their demographics what they do for work what their hobbies are what their interests are all that types of thing how much they earn because then when you get to the point where you're starting to bring your product to market you can match it against those things whether in it's the way it's delivered where it's delivered is it online is it in in the store uh, what's the appropriate pricing what's the appropriate branding so after identifying the, the problem you'll then want to really understand more about your target customer because that's going to help you shape that product and get it right for them and also get the delivery method right as well the next thing to do so we've looked at our at this point we've looked at our problem and we've started to understand our customers the next thing we want to do is start to investigate demand like do we think there's enough demand for this so this is where you start to bring in much more data and much more volume data um, and there's like different levels that you can do this that like grow in intensity so start with something like search data so you can go on a website called semrush s-e-m-r-u-s-h which got which has got like search term data you can get the same thing on a website called SparkToro. you can do google trend data if you have a google ads account you can also look at search term data so you can start to see like like what's the volume of interest in this particular problem that people are looking for you might want to then go and do something like paid market research as well so are there websites out there that have already done research on your particular topic that you can pay for or can you commission them to go and start doing some some research for you another angle you're going to want to explore is the competition so you might be correct it is a problem and there is demand but you might find out actually there's a company that's already they're solving it really well or maybe there aren't any competitors you want to just understand what the competitive landscape is going to be like it's going to affect how difficult it is for you to compete it's also going to give a indication of demand if there's no one out there it might be a sign that there's not the demand for it not always but it might be a sign that there's not demand for it competition is also going to tell you kind of how much you can charge or like a ballpark at least like what people are willing to pay it's going to tell you things about like how it's delivered is it one-off is it subscription is it service like what like what's the type of model that people are used to getting or consuming the product in i think then the next thing you want to go on to are going to be tests and these come in different shapes and sizes 
it might be something like an MVP or it might be something else. So let me talk you through some of the different ways you, you can do tests from kind of the least complex to like more complex. You could start by running a simple sign up page. So to get an indicator of interest, so kind of coming soon, you could run ads to this and you might say that 5% of people on my sign up page would maybe become buyers. So you take that as a proxy for how many people might actually come and buy your product if it was ready to market. So that's one example. You could do samples as well. So you might do a limited run of the final product. Maybe you could just do it with a small group or beta testers or something like that to get their response. The other thing you can do is an MVP, so a minimum viable product test. This is where you do quite a stripped back version of the product just to get an initial version out there to see what demand is. The benefit of this is you haven't gone and spent all your money creating the full bells and whistles version, but you have got something that is tangible that people can use and you can ultimately, you can see if people are going to pay for it. The thing is with all these other like piece of research you'll do, yeah, talk is cheap, right? Loads of people might say that they'll sign up or yeah, they'll be interested, but it's really different if someone actually gets their credit card out of their wallet and pays your product. So running an MVP is good because you actually have real people potentially paying you and that's a real good indicator of interest. So running an MVP is a good idea if that's possible with your product. It, it lends itself well to things like apps or websites where you can do kind of the bare minimum version. And then once that's successful, you start to add other products. Some things it's quite difficult, like if you wanted to open up a coffee shop, it's kind of difficult to do a minimum viable product of that. You kind of have to commit and actually open up your store. So yeah, some things don't lend themselves as well to MVPs, but if there is a version that you can do, that's good because then you can just spend a little bit of money creating that MVP, get it out there, get some feedback and then go from there. You'd use these various tests to iterate and refine, assuming they're successful. What you'll get from them is an indication of demand, so how many people are going to go buy and actually use your product. But through this, you should be gathering feedback as well. So you'll get indications on what features are good, what people like, what people don't like, what people are indifferent about, and you can use this to iterate your product. So hopefully, if you've gone through these stages, identified the problem, learned about your customer, your ideal customer, done initial research on demand, and then run a test. If you've done all these things, you should be able to then go forwards with confidence that you've got that product market fit and you don't risk your business becoming a failure. Don't worry if you run a test and it's a flop. It doesn't mean your business is a failure. It means you've just gone through the necessary steps and you've ide- you've identified that, look, this idea in its current form isn't going to work. You might be able to, you might decide from the test that there's a little bit of tweaking. There's some tweaking or pivoting you can do to bring your idea to life. Or it might be that, Look, you just need to scrap it. There's interest has been abysmal and it hasn't worked out. But all of these things should hopefully provide a safeguard to you going too far down the line or investing too much money in something that doesn't have that product market fit and ultimately becoming a flop. So yeah, that's my summary of that. Hopefully that's helpful and that's given you some things to think about. It's really, really important to go through those steps. I think as a small business owner, the last thing you want is to put a lot of blood, sweat and tears and particularly cash into your idea and see it flop. So these are the right things to do to save you from any of that potential heartache. And hopefully you get a good result and you can use that information to make your real product even stronger when you come to launch it. So thank you very much for listening. My name's Sam Gibbs. If you want to get in touch, hit me up on Instagram. It's at samgibbs underscore official on Instagram. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. All right, I'll be back next week. Thank you and goodbye.